Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, this is Chris Amsler with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Max Smetanikoff. And he's with Vimana Global. How are you doing today, Max? Very good. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you so much for asking. Max, give us a bit about your background. Vimana Global is a blockchain aerospace company. We basically are taking advantage of two big uh, trends. Uh, one is that we have obviously an explosion of drone traffic. So we are participating in that because we have a uh, cutting edge VTOL, vertical takeoff and landing vehicle, which happens to be a drone, and I can talk about that later. And uh, also, the uh, airspace above us is being uh, blockchainized, meaning that networks are being uh, rolled out, blockchains are being rolled out. So we're rolling out our own flavor. So basically, the project is a flying uh, blockchain based on a proprietary communications network that uh, basically comes. Uh, uh, supported with an air taxi. Now, how did you get involved in that? Well, uh, I've been uh, promoting uh, uh, market entry for companies for many years. And uh, initially, Vimana was a client. And uh, then I came on board because uh, we started uh, brainstorming on how to actually make uh, money on uh, operating air taxis. And uh, my specialty happens to be uh, working with uh, different countries, 
and the different city governments. So one thing led to another, and uh, basically we uh, we decided that uh, given on the amount of time that this project takes, it's best if I come over and uh, be a part of a team. Very good. Tell us about the initial stages of this air taxi idea. Well. Uh, it started actually the uh, the development of the project is uh, very evolutionary, which is what I like about it because it uh, it came out naturally. It's not like a forced uh, project that is looking to blockchain for for a quick buck. Uh, the uh, founders basically had uh, uh, a you know a eureka moment when they figured out the biggest problem that uh, most of vertical takeoff and landing vehicles, you know, things like uh, Osprey. Uh, have meaning that uh, most of them take off, and then there is uh, a, a period of serious turbulence when they go from vertical flight to horizontal flight. So, without getting into the proprietary specifics, uh, they, you know, they uh, invented and patented a methodology that uh, eliminates uh, a very uncomfortable transition that's actually prevented vehicles from being used for passenger traffic. So. Uh, then uh, the uh, the guys raised the their first angel round and uh, sought to monetize the invention, going obviously the route of uh, actually building a, you know a flying taxi. So you know to that we owe the fact that right now the aircraft in uh, prototype 2.0 stage uh, that we flew and you know will fly again, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not a it's not a drawing. Uh, but as they were exploring that, they realized that to, you know, to to figure out how to navigate this thing, they have to deal with the fact that uh, there are, you know, literally hundreds of types of drones, not just like, uh, you know, subtypes, but types of drones in the world, and uh, that uh, traffic is impossible to uh, to manage with an air tower. So a new technology needs to come, you know, uh, to the forefront uh, in order to manage this entire, you know, conundrum. So out of that basically came the concept of uh, blockchain airspace, where blockchain is used to uh, to basically uh, uh, to create a system, uh, the air traffic control system that would be used uh, uh, in addition to air traffic control using air traffic control towers. So you know the evolution of that basically came to the current uh, economic model where we um, actually focus on the development of the blockchain because once we realize that you know we have a fly you know infrastructure based communications and blockchain network it can use it can be used for more than just managing you know uh, drones including our air taxes so our uh, our proposal to smart cities that have these programs is to deploy this uh, shrink wrap package uh, you know, instead of just uh, basically building it uh, piece by piece. Nice. The, the mention of blockchain airspace makes me think of a couple of movies. The first one comes to mind is The Fifth Element. There's a, a scene in the, the middle of the city, and there, there are things flying all over the place in so many different directions. And I'm wondering about that infrastructure that you're establishing now. How do you see that developing into a more uh, widespread usage? Uh, fifth Element and the... the uh... Uh, episode two of Star Wars is uh, actually a fairly, and I mean, I know that, uh, uh, you know, uh, projects like uh, this basically get labeled, uh, you know, being, you know, fantasy and futuristic, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact of the matter is there will be thousands of drones very, very soon. You know, every 
company, you know, of uh, any weight is looking into this technology uh, effectively to cut uh, to cut down on the first mile or the last mile delivery and uh, transactions. So you're absolutely right. This uh, layered cake, you know, uh, of uh, vehicles flying in seeming streets is actually exactly what uh, uh, the FAA and NASA have in mind when they're developing some of the protocols that we are, you know, a part of working groups of developing with them. Uh, so, uh, you know, the and 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 that is, goes exactly to the point of uh, what we're trying to do here, because the precision with which, you know, these vehicles move uh, exceeds the calculating uh, capability of a human brain. We simply can't uh, make these decisions fast enough uh, in that magnitude. So, and, you know, that's why uh, what we're doing is uh, basically guided by pragmatism, not by, you know, some kind of a vision of the future. Although we all like the idea that, you know, one day we'll have a Jetson mobile. Oh, yeah. That can be, yeah, that can Def- be used. Definitely. So, Very good. Yeah, I, I would, I've always dreamed of that, especially growing up, um, just being in a flying car period. But um, seeing those, especially the, you know, the, the movies that you mentioned as well, um, that's exciting. So do you, this this kind of operate eventually on a, a wireless blockchain? Well, the, uh, yes. I mean, that's kind of the whole point because there are no wires <laughs> in between. Uh, yeah, of uh, yeah the, 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 the concept that we have is pretty straightforward. I mean, uh, what, uh, we already see the networks that are not, um, you know, uh, that are facilities-based but are uh, session-based, not uh, the permanent link-based, uh, so that, which means that basically – in this uh, day and age, uh, the radio frequencies and spectrum that exist in different parts of the world can be used to build uh, massive uh, integrated data networks uh, that can be intelligent. And uh, we're basically building the first intelligent data network uh, that we purposefully uh, base on blockchain for a very simple reason, that uh, from the telecom perspective, blockchain offers two things that uh, are kind of like the holy grail of any type of uh, connectivity, five nines, and uh, predictable SLAs. <laughs> you know, so the in, in, in layman's terms, uh, blockchain doesn't go down, and uh, blockchain is always up. Now the challenge, obviously, is to make it, uh, you know, to make the always, you know, always up and doesn't go down, uh, you know, fit the standards of uh, air traffic control, where decisions have to be made in within milliseconds, which is the, you know, the task of our working group that uh, already has the version 1.0 uh, of the protocol, but obviously who has a long ways to go to make it uh, suitable for the aircraft to be certified by the, you know, national you know, aviation uh, authorities. What amount of um, what amount of artificial intelligence is involved in a project like this? Well, I mean, the one movie we haven't mentioned is Terminator. <laughs> and, uh, this, 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 this is pretty much it. You know, except that it controls air taxis, thank God, not the you know weapons of mass destruction. Uh, but the uh, uh, but the amount of artificial intelligence is, depends entirely on your definition of artificial intelligence, because there are various um, you know types of AI that basically depend on the kinds of uh, 
um, uh, the kinds of functionality that rests with AI. So, I mean, you know, they, in the broadest sense, this is an AI network, yes, but the uh, um, uh, the decision making is uh, strictly guarded by uh, air traffic control uh, and safety standards, you know, and that's kind of the first and the main founding block for how this network would operate. So the uh, the decisions that the network would make uh, would basically have to do with parameters that are set. I mean, we're not uh, allowing much uh, uh, much room for interpretation or you know creativity. Yeah, that that seems like it would have to be very strict um, in the infancy stages, and then as it as it becomes more robust, and you know, it's going to still be strict to a point. But um, yeah, we 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 definitely don't want to see accidents happen in the beginning. So yeah, that's uh, well, well, absolutely, absolutely, and this is why I I mentioned uh, urban planning and transportation in the beginning as a trend because this, in a way, is uh, similar to how uh, railroads came into being and how, uh, you know, automobiles uh, came into being and the infrastructure that followed. Because, uh, uh, you know, strictly speaking, building a road, you know, quote unquote, in the sky, like an air corridor, uh, is uh, way less expensive than building, you know, railroad tracks or building like a tunnel or a ramp or a bridge. You know, so th this is really why this is first looked at as an urban technology, because the uh, the effect that this could have on uh, urban development, alleviation of traffic, uh, development of cities, you know, the size of the cities, the the type of uh, neighborhood that could be part of the cities, you know, this is uh, mammoth. Uh, our uh, four-passenger model, which is our uh, flagship product that we are kind of like basing our arithmetic on, has the range of uh, 900 kilometers, you know, which basically is... Uh, New York City with suburbs uh, end to end, or Los Angeles uh, south, north to south. You know, so it's uh, it's a tremendous uh, thing to think that this would be a replacement for a subway or a bus line, you know, or you know, a limo service. Because obviously, different cities have a very different understanding of what they're going to license this thing to do. Definitely, and I I think of it from the standpoint. I mean, you mentioned being in New York. I can I can see the metropolis setting of this i think of it from here in texas we have a long way to go between between cities and having that option of not being on the road and getting there quicker is um that's fantastic well uh one of the uh partners whom unfortunately i can't uh, mention by name because we're still in the nba stage but let's just say that they build a high-speed uh, subterranean network uh, of communications in major cities saw this as a, an opportunity to basically be the feeder in, in a sense that, uh, you know, uh, in uh, places like uh, uh, New York or Washington DC or San Francisco, there is a railroad system, uh, but then there are all these neighborhoods that are now served by buses. Well, I mean, uh, buses are slow, they are stuck in traffic, they basically compete with cars. How much greater it would be if, uh, you know, people could basically, you know, fly point to point and then uh, kind of travel by uh, high-speed mass uh, transit. So like the vision of the future uh, currently, you know, uh, in, you know, you know, lived up in Japan where people can uh, commute from the equivalent of DC to equivalent of New York on a daily basis, you know, within the same time that it takes to go from 
you know, Long Island to the city. It's amazing to think of what that will do for from an economic perspective as well. You consider the infrastructure of the roads right now and it, imagining that in the air where people are looking up at traffic and things are happening so much quicker than they do on the ground. Um, it, that seems to have a lot of implications for changing the economy. Well, that and for changing uh, urban population. If you look at something uh, called the real scale map of uh, New York subway, you'll see that, for instance, the frequency of stops in uh, lower Manhattan and the frequency of stops in uh, uh, Harlem and Bronx is uh, greatly different <laughs> because the economics are that, you know, the same goes for teledensity and things like that. The uh, having a ubiquitous airborne on-demand uh, communications and transportation network uh, can actually be a huge weapon in, uh, you know, changing the, uh, you know, uh, the urban development economics, you know, like fighting the, you know, the urban blight, uh, fighting the, you know, the uh, migration from uh, neighborhoods, fighting the economic opportunity types of situations, because very simply you can uh, give people jobs and education in places where, you know, they, you know, they're physically uh, impaired from having access. You know, this is access in its, uh, you know, most comprehensive form that only a combination of high-speed uh, data uh, and uh, blockchain can give in the variety of applications that this might have. Very good. That, um, mentioning the economics, you... You spoke before we started the interview, you were talking about the economic model and the impetus. Can you go more into that, please? Yeah. Uh, our uh, focus, although we're an American company, our focus for initial deployment is abroad, uh, simply because we see, um, I mean, if you look at UN uh, data, uh, you see that uh, urban development is actually happening more in places like Africa, places like Southeast Asia, than it happens in the G7 countries, meaning that cities are growing much faster there because the these countries are experiencing, you know, several stages of development at the same time, and uh, they're experiencing the mass migration to cities from agriculture going industrial, uh, basically at the same time as all the other trends that we're dealing with are happening. So the, um, uh, so the focus on economics uh, is based on the fact that um, with dealing with all these issues, <laughs> being able to monetize basically the air uh, is has to be priority number two, but it's priority number one for us. And what we are basically enabling cities to do is to make money from operating a, a turnkey solution that gives them opportunities to not just manage our fleet of taxes and applications that run on our network, but third parties. We have a you know an open API, and we invite everybody to interoperate with us. So, uh, you know, uh, basically cities that make most of their money from real estate taxes and, uh, you know, percentage of tourism and transportation can add another asset that will definitely be utilized, air, to their list in a, you know, more than one company and one type of service uh, type of mode. So that's the economic model to give them a variety of uh, revenue uh, streams by basically solving a big uh, transportation and urban development problem. I immediately think about my time in the Philippines uh, a couple of months ago, 
and just the megalopolis of Manila itself and the traffic beyond it, imagining what the air solution will do just to um, to cover for the automobile traffic is that's crazy. Well, uh, the the uh, carbon copy for that is actually uh, more or less exactly on the other side of the globe in uh, Sao Paulo, because uh, I don't know if you know this, but in Sao Paulo, uh, kind of like a senior VP job, which is basically you know, like an average bank has about 100 senior VPs, uh, comes uh, the package, you know, along with insurance and stock options and whatnot, uh, comes with a helicopter ride. The uh, traffic is so bad in Sao Paulo that unless you have the ability to use a corporate helicopter, you know, and the price of that is included in your salary, basically in your compensation, you won't be able to close deals, so you won't be able to produce, so you won't be able to be competitive. Now, what, you know, and this is an extreme case, and that's an extreme type of, uh, uh, you know, of a city that really has some infrastructure challenges, you know, but what we're suggesting is using the same logic, only a much uh, cleaner, better, you know, and uh, more affordable technology uh, to solve these issues, not just for the 1%, but for the 99%. And in that, uh, you know, this could be uh, a serious game changer for urban planning. And, you know, if you think about how much it costs to build a bridge or to build a tunnel or to connect a neighborhood, you know, this is when the actual scale of this, uh, you know, concept starts to take place. That's that's amazing. Have you spoken with any companies in in markets like that, and what's their interest level in your technology? Uh, well, we speak with uh, city government, uh, and uh, yes, we have uh, 35 uh, markets under development, and uh, I wouldn't say locked up, but in advanced stages of negotiations, our business plan. Uh, basically uh, suggests that we will be in the, uh, at least five markets uh, in uh, at the most five years uh, where, you know, we would actually be in various stages of, uh, you know, piloting the uh, full-fledged uh, solution, you know, designed with uh, local markets, economics, and uh, uh, demands in mind. What are your goals for the next um two years, two or three years? Well, I mean, we're in the midst of the private stage of our uh, token generating event. So we would like to finish that, obviously. And uh, we would like to launch our first pilot no later than uh, end of next year at the very, very latest. I mean, we have two two segments of the sky already awarded to us. So we think this is a pretty conservative estimate. Uh, uh, I mean, we, uh, but on the gra- in, the gra- in the grand scheme of things, we basically just want to be a part of this uh, great shift of, uh, well, this grand influx of drones into every facet of, uh, you know, international economy. And we want to be able to enable our ultimate customers, you know, basically city governments and uh, large uh, smart cities, as they call it, uh, to uh, reap the uh, maximum economic benefit from all opportunities that this type of uh, change in the, you know, in the information technology economy offers to them and obviously residents of those cities. Oh, very good. Max, it's been great talking with you today. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, the way we uh, view the future, uh, the immediate future, not the Star Wars type of future, is that uh, in about five years, we're going to live in the world uh, that we call 
blockchain airspace. Basically, what this means is that if you look up in the sky today, you see a couple of random planes. Uh, you know, five years from now, it will be filled with drones of different size uh, going about their business doing different things. So our ambition is to be uh, one of the core operating systems that allows this uh, uh, blockchain airspace to function both on the hardware and software level. Well, great. So how can listeners find out more about Vimana and contact uh, you if Vimana, they want to talk business? Absolutely. Vimana.global, all our coordinates are there. You can see some of the fun videos. Our public test flight is around the corner, so stay tuned. And, uh, uh, you know, we have many partnerships and the market interest and exciting news uh, basically coming up. And uh, last but not least, we will have a short but intense public sale. You know, so uh, people will be able to get in onto this uh, uh, opportunity, uh, basically on the ground level, uh, even though we are mostly targeting, you know, institutional investors and large ones. When should we be looking for that public sale? Um, uh, we are, well, <laughs> with the current uh, regulatory environment, you know, you want to be extra careful in uh, promising anything, but uh, we're basically hoping to uh, finalize everything in the uh, April-May timeframe of this year. Very good. Well, Max, thanks for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate your time on and your wisdom. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for great questions. And uh, happy to answer any questions offline if anybody wants to say anything about demand. Yeah, definitely. Max Smetanikov with Vimana.global. Thanks again for joining us. And thank you for all of our listeners who tuned in today. We'll see you next time here on the Future Tech Podcast. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. 
Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, and discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.